lastly, moving on to talk about our Cowboys, which will probably be a whole separate episode again. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of this team, <laughs> and because I'm proud, I'm actually gonna pull up um one of the clips that I'm most proud of because I have been preaching for the longest that I wanted CD to get stronger and I wanted him to play through contact better. And like I said, at the beginning of the episode, um, when he had that drop in the first half, I was concerned. Not only was I concerned for him, but I was just concerned about how the fan base would respond, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm going to pull this up just so we can all enjoy together. The greatness that is. <laughs> CD Actually, <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pull up the video of Ryan Clark talking about CD during that game because he said something at the end that although I wish people would let this shit go, it was kind of funny. <laughs> CD Lamb huddle stuff late after a drop. There's a lot that was baked into his night and yeah. all of the all of his greatness was on display late. How significant was it that he answered the way he did? You know what? I think it was huge. And we're going to start with the drop and then we're going to get to those two plays okay. on the last drive that I think were the biggest plays of the game for him. But it showed that CD Lamb understands he's the number one and you can't pout. You can't get down on yourself. And he makes huge plays late in the game. Here you're going to see you get the play action pass with the half row. And CD Lamb is wide open. When you get a situation like this where there's only two people down the field, this is one of them. Hold on, let's get it going here. That's one of them, and that's the other one. He's probably going to catch this ball, and then he's going to waltz into the end zone, and we're going to do some type of dance, and it's going to be back on Dez Bryant in the booth, slapping some guy's hand that we do not know. But this ball comes, right? Uh And you see when he starts up, when he gets to this point, he's looking up. He's not seeing the ball into his hands. It's about hands and eyes. His eyes are bad. He drops the football. Now he's thinking to himself, why me, Lord? Why me? Now this play is excellent. You're going to see they're in a zero blitz, so they're going to come off the slot here. We're also going to get the outside end. He's going to come in the rush. And now what C.D. Lamb is going to have to do is recognize that it's cover zero. So in zero, we're going to have a cover guy here, a cover guy here, and a cover guy here. They're all going to roll down. So you're going to see he's going to have to cover 15 yards in order to get to C.D. Lamb right here, who is right, who's four yards away from the first down. Here you see the blitz. Now look at C.D. Lamb. His eyes get right to Cooper Rush right away. He understands that because of the blitz, he's going to be the hot route. So in being the hot route, he turns around. He gives himself body position catches the football first down absorbs the hit that is huge especially after dropping a ball now here's what's great about this play watch the setup you see a Dory Jackson he went with his right arm when you go with your right arm it allows CD Lamb to swim through and you're going to see that now he gets separation between himself and a Dory Jackson this is also what's great. Look at his hand put on his chest right here. He's going to create separation with his right hand and give himself some room in the corner of the end zone for Cooper Rush to fit the ball in. Now watch this. See his eyes? He's not looking back. He's looking up. That's how you locate a football if you're a wide receiver. And now he sticks out the Ooh. left hand. We're going to run it back a little bit, right? Run it back a little bit because I want you to see this. Let's get it right. This left hand is famous. This is the same left hand that took the phone from his girlfriend during the draft as he was was talking on the other phone uh-huh. to his agent. That left hand is legendary, yeah. and it is legendary once again yeah. in MetLife Stadium. Here's the touchdown in the corner of the end zone, and this is taking the draft to the field, ignoring the drop early, reliving the days of your past when you became a superstar, and then making it again inside the stadium. So I'm not supposed to talk this, about this man's button, and he's bringing up the phone from draft night. That was- <laughs> Okay. So yeah, that was that was like one of my favorite ones. And then this this one other uh play that I have to show. On third down, 
They gave him a free release there on fourth, and they were able to capitalize. Tenth play of this yeah, drive. Cowboys scored a touchdown last time they had it. His wham, one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, one? yes. his shoulder and takes it to the goal line just short. Oh, the way he lowered his shoulder and went towards the goal line and held on to the ball, I was like, yes, this is what I have been wanting to see since last season. This is 100% what I've been wanting to see, you know? And um, what Cooper Rush said after the game about him, since I have that pulled up, I might as well show that one too. But what Cooper Rush said kind of let me know that had anybody else been behind center, I don't think CD would have gotten those targets. Uh, I accidentally closed the window. Anyway, Cooper Rush said something along the lines of like, oh, CD, you know, he's open a lot. So I just wanted to give him a chance to make a couple of plays. And so two oh. things I noticed about that was like, one, normally when things get off to a bad start, like you see our team hanging their heads and it goes out, goes throughout the whole game. That's why it's even last year before we played the 49ers in the playoffs, there were people who were doing analysis before the game that said, if we don't come out the gate and come strong. out strong, it's going to be bad because our team was notorious for yeah. doing that. Right. Um, and so when I saw CD kind of upset about dropping the pass, I was like, great, he's going to be shit like the rest of the, the game and he's not going to get targets. But Cooper Rush actually came out, kept targeting him, kept giving him chances. If CD, instead of like hanging his head and having a bad game, he like really stepped up, you know? And I just really think that if it had been that behind center, one, I don't think CD would have gotten back on track in terms of his attitude. Two, I don't think he would have gotten the targets in the second half. I don't think he would have ever made 100%, those catches. One hundred percent agree. Hundred percent. I have. Uh, I don't know. Then now we're talking about it a lot. Flynn is a, a Dak defender in this house. I obviously he's the QB one. Like, who are we? You know, there's no argument about it. I don't it. think it's that obvious, but I'm gonna let you Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because it ain't obvious to me either. But everybody's like, oh man, dog, oh, I'm like, dog, like, see, and actually Flint agree with me when we're watching the game <laughs> on Monday night. But he, like, I, we've said this and we've said this on the podcast before. Like, he seems a better leader to the team. He is calm. He knows, or he seems that he knows what he's doing. Even if he's like fucking dying inside and like, ah, and like losing his old his shit, it doesn't show. You will never know. And he, like, I don't know, like he, he's leading the team in a different way that Dak. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> has done in the past. Uh, I don't know. I I like Coop. I do too. Um, he seems very in control. The yes. team just seems to have a better demeanor around him because it's not just CD that's doing better. No, everybody. Zeke is doing better. Yeah. Pollard is doing better. Ah, fucking TV like, guy fucking crushed it. And then it's just like when you actually have your offense doing their job on the field. Now, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from Michael Parsons, but it is documented that when the offense is doing better, it's easy for the defense. Correct. It's easier for the defense to do their jobs, you know? Yes. I um, also feel like, like maybe because... This is this is so hyper. This is all my opinion. You can add me though. I don't give a fuck. But this is all my opinion because Dak is uh, 
obviously way more famous <laughs> and makes way more money, I feel like that gives him a status that sometimes he shows on the field. The okay. fact that Cooper Rush doesn't have that, it seems a lot more humble on the field, which I feel like a lot of his teammates can be more, not maybe relate, but like, feel more in, in, in more chemistry maybe because it's more on the same level for lack of a better word uh, as them and it feels like like to me from from watching from TV it, it feels like he is leading them in a better way because of that that could be the case I honestly think that Dak is just way more volatile and people yeah. respond to that emotionally because yes I agree when when the when Dak has been leading the team and they start not doing well, the things that we see are them not wanting to make eye contact with each other, heads hanging down to the ground as they go towards the bench, you yeah. know? And we even made the comment that, like, you know, they don't release the sounds from the sideline whenever they lose games. And, like, I had the theory that a lot of it had to do with just how they're talking to each other oh, when, sure. they're, when they're dealing with a loss and when they're dealing with being down. For sure. Because um, the one time that they did release a sound from the sideline when there was a loss, it was, like, super short. And I think the only person that they actually had sound from was Micah. <laughs> like, and everything else, they were just like, mm, nope, we're going to keep that to ourselves. Yeah. Um, but since since Rush has been behind center, like we've just seen a difference in people's demeanor. And even in his post-game interviews, you can just tell he's so even killed. Yeah. And that makes a really big difference because the only way that you can come back on the field and have trust in a receiver that did what CD did is if you literally mentally put that behind you and you're able to move on 100%. Not a little bit. Not I'm going to pretend I'm moving on. No. Not I'm going to say that I'm moving on. Actually you have to it, actually yes. do it. Yeah. That throw in the back of the end zone, because yes, it was an impressive catch by CD. That was also an impressive yes. throw by, <laughs> by uh, or an impressive pass by yeah. Cooper Rush yeah. to even get it in that spot for him yeah. to catch. That takes a tremendous amount of skill and a tremendous amount of trust in your receiver to uh -huh. even attempt that, especially after seeing him drop a sure catch, you mm -hmm. know? I was surprised that that pass happened. When I saw him going back there, I was like, there's no way that's where that ball is going. As much as I love CeeDee Lamb, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? But I was so happy that he gave him that opportunity. And I, I think that's what he needed. And one of the things that I must say is that, like, one regret that I have about us having wives is that we can't record every day. Because if we could, mm -hmm. I know we both would have had a lot to say about Jay Ooh. Jones and his comment about the quarterback controversy. Oh, Lord. Now, a lot of people think that that was a calculated decision to get publicity. I, on the other hand, think Jerry Jones just don't be thinking before he talks. No, he don't. I, I don't think he calculated it. I think he really, 100% in his mind, quarterback controversy meant Cooper Rush is winning, which means our team is doing well. I would love for that to happen. And it would be so cool if Cooper Rush played so well that people were like, damn, he's playing like a starter. And then he just said that shit. That's what I honestly believe. I think Jerry Jones does not think through some of the... Now, when it... People are like, think about the consequences of what he's saying. Right. When people are like, well, in order to be a billionaire, you must be a, a calculated man. Yes, I do believe he's calculated in, in a lot of his decisions, business. especially his business yeah. decisions. But I also think that once you become a billionaire... I was just going to say... you're an old white man yeah. in America, it lets you get away with saying a lot of shit that you don't have to think about, and it just... just and I think he's built that habit of sometimes saying she doesn't think about 
Pence's yeah. statement that came out more recently where he was like, you know, I do have to emphasize that I'm saying he has the makeup of a starter. As a matter of fact, let's go ahead and play that clip because that shit is also funny to me. Because I don't even think he realized what he was saying in this one either. Oh, Jay. Jay. Yeah, it's going to take some time to figure out how to fill in that hole. You That's just right. have to understand. Tyree Gill is the reason you win a game when you play badly. Yeah. <laughs> week, they lost a game when they played badly. Uh, let's talk about another team that's winning all of a sudden. The <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. The D and Big D stance were delightful right now. They're 2-0 under their backup. So. Quarterback Cooper Rush. And right now they're awaiting the return of Dak Prescott from thumb surgery. But Jerry Jones has nothing but high praise for his backup. Listen. Well, let me say this. He's uh, certainly uh, playing as well as anybody could have expected. This guy. Oh, minor has to make up for a top uh, top quarterback, and I underline the word "make up" for a top quarterback. For Dak, as far as his ability to potentially function in a couple of weeks, or a week, or ten days, or two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I don't think he could ask for a better result. The fact that he followed up with that week or two, I think his progress is nothing short of amazing. All right, what are we doing? This man said two weeks, three weeks, four, four weeks. weeks. It does but the care. progress is great. <laughs> this man said, I don't give a fuck when that comes, comes back. back. It's whatever. It's working great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't so, know. I, I also, but I, I agree with Jerry on this one. I also don't care what that oh, no, me neither. To be honest. You know, you're right. This is probably one of the few times that I'm going to agree with, with Mr. Jones. I don't care either. I I wouldn't be mad if he didn't, honestly. And, you know, just speaking I've from got, the continuity perspective, too. I almost think it's better to let Rush just keep going if the team is doing well under him. I because agree. we're seeing everybody do better they just they look like a more confident team they look like they have a better mindset and honestly anybody who's gonna have that kind of trust in cd lamb mm-hmm. and do right by him in terms of giving him more chances after that drop that's who i want behind center not only because i'm a fan of cd lamb but also because honestly he is the wide receiver one yeah. even though he's the youngest wide receiver on the team there's nobody else who's more prepared to be a wide receiver one than he is so it's even important for the team for there to be that kind of trust in him and that kind of connection between him and the quarterback, yeah. you know? So if he's going to do that, then I say, let him stay there. Cause yeah. it's like, I was, I was listening to some interviews um, with CD from over the summer and, you know, he was like in one of the, in one of the interviews, one, he commented on the fact that he didn't think that he would be targeted more by defenses as wide receiver one. And this was after Amari got traded and after he knew he'd be WR1. And I was just like, you don't who the fuck are his coaches you, yeah. that they haven't even told him like, hey, here's what's coming along with you being in this right. position. Not only that, but then there was there was another interview where they asked him about his locker moving next to Dax. And he said that he was surprised by that decision, which led me to think like, OK, what kind of connection do you actually have with this quarterback to where you've been announced as wide receiver one? And you didn't expect him to try to connect with you a little bit more. Like, it all just seemed weird to me. And it kind of went back to some of the comments that Des Bryant made before he ended up leaving the team, where he was 88. 
he was also the wide receiver one by title, but he said that he would never be able to be a true wide receiver one as a Dallas Cowboy because the system didn't allow for it, you know? And so you'll never <laughs> listen. You need to you need to go, dog. Unless he keeps doing this. Whatever he's doing right now, I don't care if he's not even actually the offensive coordinator. Like he you can know, just put on the headset and just pretend to talk into the headset. I, I I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It it just it's 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 kind of frustrating to me that with with Cooper Rush right now as a starting quarterback. Obviously, because anyways, he's got the makeup. Yeah, you know, and like the the O line is doing so much fucking better than any time that Dak has been out. I don't care what your excuse is. To me, is is that it's an excuse. If they can protect Cooper Rush, they can protect Dak. Period. That's it. Also, on the other hand. Cooper Rush is so much faster to get rid of the ball. <laughs> like, insanely faster. He runs the ball. He passes the ball. He, like, anything, anything. Like, it's, I don't you know. You know what I was wondering? I was wondering how many times maybe he overrides Kellen Moore. Because even with the targets to CD, I was thinking, like, I can't even believe Kellen Moore called that up. No. And I, in my head, I was wondering. I'm like, was like wonder, okay, Neville, I see you. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, I wonder if Cooper Rush got in that huddle and was like, "Yeah, cool, yeah, that's what we're gonna do." And then was and just then like, it, "Actually, here's what." We're yeah. Gonna do. <laughs> yeah, you know, because just all of this seems so different from any style we've ever seen. We've from seen yes, even yes. even when the team's been doing well, because it's like if you think about it, their record last season wasn't bad like they weren't getting criticism because they were losing they were getting criticism because even though they were winning a lot of what we were seeing from the team just like wasn't good a lot of what we were seeing from cd just wasn't good a lot of what we were seeing from zeke just wasn't good it seemed like they were winning by luck and a good defense you Mm -hmm. know which is why so many people are like they are gonna have a hard time during the playoffs and they did um, and so I'm just like, where is this really coming from? And I'm like, is it a coincidence that now that Cooper Rush is behind center, they're doing things completely different? Or because Cooper Rush has less to lose in theory, he's just like, yeah, we're not doing that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I always wondered who, how much of a say, we've talked about this, the QB mm-hmm. has on plays. On gameplay. And even after week one, even Mike McCarthy said that he was going to get more involved in play calling. So that could play a role. And I tweeted it on Monday and okay, I'm making I, I I said Neville looked like he'd been stress eating because no, he looked like that he, was so he looked stressed. He looked like he gained weight. <laughs> like, For real though. He looks worried about something. I'm like, y'all winning. Like, what could you possibly be worried about? But he looks worried about something. I don't know what, if he's about to lose a bet or what. Um, but one more thing that I want to, I want to play is this sound from, um, I'm gonna have to reopen the whole tab. Yeah. So more from this asshole. 
supposed to do. All right, have your cookies and milk. It's go ahead, man. Treason. Let's go ahead. Didn't they beat Cincinnati, though, playmaker? Did they, they right, beat right. Cincinnati, right? Beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati got receivers and stuff, too, right? And, and they got a running back and a Joe Burrow quarterback. I'm just saying. Best group just of receivers, one of the best group of receivers yeah. in the National Football That's League. should have been treason when you sat here a couple weeks ago and I implored you, stop, don't say that. The season's over. The season's over. You said it with that joker smile for hitting from one ear to the other. I saw all your teeth in your mouth as you were saying it. <laughs> you were smiling so loud. Hey, hey, the season's over. The season's over. I'm sweating because I can't. Why don't you put on your glasses, man? I literally, because I'm sweating so much. I can't see nothing, but I'm sweating so much. You know why I'm sweating? Because he came in playing that music. I've been hopping around this studio dancing for real, right in their face. They tried to set me up, and I fell for it. You know what? I didn't fall for it. I had faith. I'm going to use that F word, not the fall F word, the faith F word. I had faith in Russ. We trust. I said that this is true. And Russ delivered. Oh, my God. Now y'all want to talk about how bad the Giants are? Are you serious? They were 2-0. They were undefeated Giants. Everybody was coming out their seats saying, oh, we got them now. Because you thought you were going to beat the Cowboys. They hadn't beaten the Cowboys in a long time. And so you thought this was going to be the time. But Russ said, no, not on my watch. Not right here. Not right now. The Cowboys are two and zero under Cooper <laughs> Rush. The season is not over. It just started. And I'm gonna tell you something. Uh, 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 Key, it takes something special to get to a team to, to, for a team to get to a Super Bowl. You got to yes. have a special unit somewhere on your team, a oh very, very special unit. We remember the Ravens with that special defense. We remember the greatest show turf with that special Where offense. Are you going with and what you're looking at on that defensive line is something <laughs> finger licking good special. That's what I'm talking about. All five days of becoming rushing and just getting it a quarterback. It's finger looking good special and we can get somewhere with that I'm gonna tell you this too I have been hurting because I have been having to tell the truth about how great Philadelphia look and they do look great and I said there is no chance but with that finger licking pass rush we do got a chance we'll get a chance to get to Philly because we got that finger licking pass rush that is so good and a pass rush can stop everything now we should talk about C.D. Lamb. Did you know the number eight stands for new beginning? That's why, that's why 88 is so special. God knows I needed so many new beginners. And 88s can take a new beginning. The Bible talks about men like this. They call them mighty men of valor. You might mess up, but you would do everything you have to do to make your mess up right. And that's what C.D. Lamb did last night. He did everything he needed to do to make his mess up right. Yes, I dropped the big pass, but I came back and I had a C.D. Lamb drive. You want to talk about a playmaker? That's a playmaker. He made the plays. And then the one-handed stab for the grab of the touchdown on the go-ahead. It's what playmakers do. It's what 88 do. C.D. Lamb, I had everybody calling me and texting me, kick him out the club. Kick him out the club. I said, just hold on. Just wait a minute and give him a little bit of time. And when you gave him a little bit of time, he came through. I'm going to be quiet. Maybe I've over-talked and maybe I've overextended my welcome. <laughs> I may not ever be back again, but I got in when I needed to get in. Oh, my God. So, this is why people are like, oh, Michael Irvin is saying good things about CD again. The and I'm like, it's still fuck Michael Irvin. 
I don't give a fuck you, because you cannot just come one day and because somebody had a bad game be like, oh, oh this bro, and then the two, next game is a great game. Like, oh my god, I love this player, bitch. Is that not the definition of a fair weather fan? Yeah, that's, that's that's what we the, accuse. Like when, when we talk fake. about bad fans, fake. fake fans, that's what we accuse all of them of doing. Mm-hmm. Exactly what the fuck he just did mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Ceedee Lamb was You're not a, a top receiver who literally mm-hmm. did not know how to catch a ball. Michael Irvin went on national television Explaining. and said that CeeDee Lamb did not even know how to catch a ball properly, that nobody had taught him. And now two weeks later, oh, he's a playmaker. And I was standing Everybody up for him to stay in the 88 club. Take the 88 club. And I told him, hold on. Yeah, you probably told him, hold on. Let me wait till after this season. Fake ass motherfucker. Oh, I can't. That was that, that, the fucking audacity. When I tell you I wanted to throw my computer when this came on. I'm trying to think of what I was doing. I don't remember what I was doing. I was working on something and this was in another tab and I literally stopped and looked at the tab and I was just like, he's serious. He is really proud to be out here and and claim CD as like this play. Oh, he's a playmaker now. Two weeks ago, he wasn't even a top receiver and now he's a playmaker. Fuck Michael Irvin. That's what it is takes. still fuck Michael Irvin. It takes two weeks apparently from being a shit WR to be a playmaker. Two weeks, that's all it takes, according to Michael Irvin. I, I was just like, I wow. I'm like, they're really letting him get away with this shit. To just be I, like, like... I'm surprised if they didn't, like, fucking go at him after that. Oh, well, one thing Stephen A did say, he said that he was saving the tape of what he said. Okay, because, that's good. <laughs> because I had I had to think about it, because I was like, let's be real. If CD wasn't one of my faves, mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, it's one game. Yeah, one good game. We'll see if he keeps it up consistently. But <laughs> I, I really do expect him to. I, I think when a leader on your team shows that kind of confidence in you, it impacts you not only during that drive, not only during that game, but it impacts you moving forward. Oh, yeah, you know? I agree. Um, so I I still like I like I've been saying, I anticipate seeing great things from CD Lamb. And I, I think we're gonna see even greater things and even better things. We're gonna see more impressive catches. I agree. Um, and Michael Irvin wasn't wrong about the the defense. It is a finger looking good defense. It's still fuck Michael Irvin, but he wasn't wrong about a lot of stuff he said. It was just his two facedness with CD. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's yeah. No, bro, you fake. Nuh-uh. But that defense like is amazing. That. And as a matter of fact, let's talk about it. So one thing I gotta say in defense of Michael Parsons, because people are are like, oh, he didn't get any sacks. One, if you look at the games leading up to this one. One of my favorite things to do when the defense was on the field was just watch the quarterback run away from, from Mike Micah Parsons. Like uh-huh. it happened with Tom Brady, it happened with Joe Burrow, where you could see them like trying to like trying to figure out who's open, and then like, oh shit, yeah, he's coming for me. <laughs> and you can kind of even when they're looking for their target, you can kind of see them like a little bit distracted, like where is he? Yeah. Where where is he? And they're it's like they're looking close to them and trying to look far away at the same time, which I think is why the quarterbacks were so delayed. You know, yeah. so that's one way he the game um and two even in this game you could tell that they were so worried about micah that they didn't really have a game plan for the other ones micah has influenced the culture of the people on that defense so much that they are all trying to pass rush like he does yeah you can tell their their speed their agility yeah. the way that they're going after the quarterback yeah. is just different yeah. and so their distraction uh, with Micah, like even on one of the on one of the plays, I literally heard him call it out. He was like five on eleven, five on eleven, and I don't know exactly what that meant, 
But I know when you're talking about something dealing with 11, it means you're scared of Mike. Uh-huh. You know, and then somebody else ended up coming in and, and getting him. But my thing is this. Like, even though he didn't get any facts himself in that game, you can just tell that the threat of him being on the field. Oh, yeah. And the way that he has influenced other people on defense to start playing their game it has really impacted how these offensive lines respond to our defense and uh-huh. what they're able to do oh, yeah. and how scared these quarterbacks are. Well, that's the thing. He didn't get any sacks. But that quarterback got sacked six or seven times. Yeah. Because the O-line was so focused on Micah that then Lawrence was like, hoo-hoo, for breakfast. Right. <laughs> Which brings me to the upcoming game against the Commanders, which should be interesting. So I was looking I'm at excited. some stats. Do you think they're remember- fighting in on the bench? <laughs> Maybe. But remember last season, one of my favorite things to do was to look at common opponents and kind of like analyze how we might do based on the common opponents. Mm-hmm. Now, the Commanders' last game was against the Eagles. We don't have any common opponents uh, with the Commanders right now. We haven't mm-hmm. played the Eagles. We haven't played anyone the Eagles have played yet. However... One of the things that stood out to me was, um, all right, so the Commanders are one and two now, and the Eagles beat them 24 to eight. But if you look at the box score of this particular game, um, the Commanders uh, quarterback, Carson Wentz, he was sacked nine times. Holy shit. For 58 yards. Whoa. Now, while people talk about Philadelphia having a really good defense, um, their defense statistically, when it comes to sacks at least, is still not really on the level of the Cowboys. So uh-huh. right now, um, Philadelphia is looking at a total of 12 sacks on the season. Whoa. So that means going into this game, in their first two games, they had a total of three sacks. Wow. Right? The Cowboys, on the other hand... <laughs> <laughs> The Cowboys, on the other hand, we are looking at, so far, we're at 13 sacks on the season. And in that game against New York, uh, Daniel Jones was sacked five times. So that means that there were eight sacks in the first two games. That guy looks like a 75-year-old trapped in, like, a 25-year-old body. (laughs) You know what that means? He just, I don't know. I don't know. It just looks weird. (laughs) Anyway, we got five sacks in the game against the Giants. Mm -hmm. So 13 sacks on the season. So that means in our first two games, we were averaging more than double what the Eagles were averaging in terms of sacks. And they still sacked Carson Wentz nine times. So I literally am afraid (laughs) for Carson Wentz right now. Because if the statistics remain linear, we might be close to 20 sacks. In one game. In one game. Now, I don't expect that to happen. I feel like if that did happen, Carson Wentz would get pulled out of that game some kind of way. Either they would put in a backup or he would get hurt. Like, if we actually do end up with an an anticipated 20 sacks in that game, (laughs) I don't know what I would do, but I would celebrate some kind of way. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be that bad. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm afraid for Carson Wentz. I honestly, honestly am. But yeah, I feel like something would happen before it got to that point. Even on our end, we might end up putting in like some second stringers. Like, you know, let, let them get some practice. This is just ridiculous. Um, but that being said, 
I do expect us to win this game against the Commanders. Oh, I do expect it to be like just a field day for the defense. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, have you ever seen those videos on National Geographic when it's just like a pack of lions and like comes upon like a whole group of gazelles uh-huh. and it's just like a slaughter and uh-huh. everybody's eaten? Yeah. I feel like buffet. That's, yeah, buffet. <laughs> I feel like that's what it's gonna be like. Like, <laughs> I mean. I don't know. I was a little scared that, that that Lawrence got hurt when he came back in the game. Mm-hmm. Armstrong got a sack too again, which I don't know, man. I mean, listen, I'm I'm excited for this game coming up too. Yeah, and I mean, right now we're clicking on all, all cylinders. Like our our uh, run game is actually looking slightly better than our pass game, mm-hmm. but I mean that that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm actually kind of proud of that. I'm really happy for Zeke. Especially considering that going into this season, so many people are like, oh, well, his numbers are on the decline. He's getting older. He had this bad injury last year. Despite what Zeke and everybody in the Cowboys camp was saying about his play, about him putting in work, him working so hard, him looking like he's in the best shape he's been in for a long time, everybody was still like, well, no running back ever bounces back. Well, every running back ain't Ezekiel Elliott. That's it right, bitch. So I'm really happy that he's seen this kind of redemption this season. You yeah. know, not just getting a lot of chances to run, but I mean some long runs long. too. Long. And TDs too. Yes. So What's up? Yeah. I'm really loving how the team is looking this season. Minus yeah. week one. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so that game, um, let me see when that game is actually taking place. That game is going to be this Sunday, Sunday at, noon. at noon. Are we having practice? Yeah. Well, the game will still be going on after practice. I know. It's a whole fucking 35, 45-minute drive home. Well, that's why we have YouTube TV. Our fair. So you can put it on in the car, and you can shrink the window, so you can listen to the game and still drive safely. <sighs> Shout out to YouTube TV. <laughs> Sponsor us, damn it. Do it. Just fucking do it, man. <laughs> so I know I'll be listening to the game, and then when I get home, I'll actually watch the game. Or... It, I was about to ask you what practice is, but we can talk about that later. Uh-huh. Um, we can go somewhere after practice and watch the game. That's fair. Yeah. That's So, yeah. Is it 12 our time? Or is it 12 their time? Our time. Dang it. It was their time. Where is practice going to be? Ron Ruff? No, didn't they say it was reserved so we couldn't have it at RSA and we were supposed to decide oh, if we were going to have second. practice or Yeah. I think it's canceled this weekend. <laughs> Oh, word? We might have a watch party. <laughs> you want to go to Arlington? <laughs> you jumped the gun to bed. <laughs> Remember, I don't have a job. <laughs> I got a job. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If I can get you, you want to go to Arlington? Maybe. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe. 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 Because, you know, maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is a good one to go. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah. I didn't get to go on Monday, like I said I would. Some some shit came up and I didn't get to go. But uh, I know the the vibe in there must have been ridiculous. Oh, I'm sure. Great right. game. Um, that being the case, anything else left to talk about? How about them boys? <laughs> I I think I need to do what I did last week as far as um just going ahead and putting that disclaimer out now because uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to split this. So all right, now that's done. That's good. That was good. <laughs> Cool. Well, on that note, um, I'm Bitch 2. I'm Bitch 1. And we out. Bye.